For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to the Halloween Spooktacular. Every corny-ass podcast calls our Halloween a Spooktacular. <laughs> like, like, Is there to be another word for boys? Like, mm. It's just always boys and ghouls. Booze and ghouls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that makes sense. Booze and ghouls. Yeah, that sounds good. Right, we'll redo it. Hello, booze and ghouls. Welcome <laughs> to the Halloween Creepathon. Rewind. <laughs> That's right. We are rolling with a very underrated gem here of the oh horror God. genre. Very underrated. From the early 90s. Back when... Dang, uh, it was from the 90s? Yeah, oh, wow. very, very early 90s. Uh, but yeah, we're rolling with body parts, man. Ooh. Ooh so, so <laughs> insanely spooky. You know, this is like the scariest, creepiest intro music of any movie you've ever shown me. Yeah, with the, what are we talking about, like, over the opening credits and yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah, It, like, creeped me out. Like, it came, like, like almost to give me chills. Like, it was, yeah. like, and because we were in such dark and, like, it was yeah. so quiet and all you could hear was that. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the creepiest. I really miss opening, like, when opening credits were allowed just to be basic opening credits like that because, like, I mean... There's a few times we would be, like, late walking in during the credits, but just in general, it's kind of like the old movies, how, like, before any credits began, they played the overture, like, the lights mm-hmm. went down, there was, like, a, yeah. like a minute or two overture of music. Like, that's kind of what the, especially for horror movies, that's what, like, the opening credits were like. We're going to go ahead and get it rolling. Uh, I'm rolling off the Screen Factory Blu-ray release, uh, but you guys might have an old-school Paramount DVD. I have a pause on the opening Paramount logo. Uh, let it play till um, it says Paramount. Uh, Paramount Communications Company that's on 14 seconds in on the blue. Uh, you guys might have a stream. I'm sure this is probably the number one streaming movie on Tubi or some bullshit right now. <laughs> but uh, Or maybe you have that old DVD, but either way, yeah. Just where it's got the mountain, the stars, says Paramount, Paramount Communications Company. Which I never, I, like I was telling Boo just a second ago, like I remember all the old Paramount movies from the 80s saying Paramount, Gulf Western Company, the later on it was a Viacom company. Like, I never really heard it referred to as Paramount Communications at any point, so interesting. All right, I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When I say go, please hit play on your remotes, and let's get this rolling. All right, it is rolling. I'm sorry, one, two, three, go. It's rolling. Jeez, you didn't even get me I didn't even do it, no. I just was like, it's rolling. (laughs) Yeah. And also, too, like, I know I've talked about this on the past, on other episodes. Um, Might as well put this remote down. There's no, there's no pausing or rewinding at this point. Um. By the way, if you hear some banging and moaning in the background, that's yes. just our uh, haunted washing machine upstairs. You can hear it. You can hear it in the stairwell. I don't think you can really hear it in here. But uh, I just <laughs> wanted to make that joke. Um, that's my favorite uh, Goosebumps book, too, The Haunted Washing Machine. That was the oh, first really? one. Yeah. I never heard that one. Um, but yeah, this is Eric Red film. If people don't know who Eric Red is, um, I'm actually Facebook friends with him, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure he probably has like 8,000 Facebook friends, so it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, he was a writer, and um, he wrote The Hitcher, I believe. And then like, yeah, because of that, like he wrote some more movies, and then eventually he got into directing, directed two or three uh, horror movies. Still, still active, still doing stuff. I think he writes a lot of books now. But yeah, t- talk about the opening credits and like really what they are here. 
It's just like schematics of a body, but like it's like with the music, it's like so creepy looking. It's such like creepy yeah. visuals, and then like the further along the credits get, like the more morbid the pictures get. But it's basically like a textbook. Yeah, what you would call it, physiology or anatomy, I guess, kind of pictures of the body that you would see in a textbook or something. They're all labeled with letters. And, and it's like kind of like the Hellraiser shit, too, where it's basically their textbook drawings of, like, bodies without skin. Yeah. Where it's like they're all sinewy and you see all you the muscle and shit. Yeah, it's all real. But it, I don't think I finished what I was going to say, but, like, I know I talked about this in the past, but, like, what I like about this is, like, I missed when, like, every single movie that a major studio put out, like, they came out with somehow, like, their own font or their own mm. title design. Yeah. And then, like, the title, when you ever see it in advertising or the beginning of the movie, it was always, like, a certain color or a certain way. And, like, yeah. this has, this kind of has, like, these old, I don't know what, what the font is, but they're kind of, like, they're, like, kind of, like, jiggly. Like, they're, like, off-center. Mm. Um, they don't go straight across. Yeah. Like, some letters are higher and some are lower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, like, this, and I don't know if it's also because it's, like, red in color or what, I think but, that, like, yeah. ugh, like, when we were watching this sitting here, like, when it was starting, we were just sitting here quiet, I was just like, oh my god, this is, like, yeah. <laughs> creeping me out. And I gotta say, I mean, there, maybe, like, within, like, super, super horror community fans, whatever, like, maybe there's, like, a big following for this movie, but, like, I just remember going to see, and I mean, like, I would fucking beg my dad to take me to see any grizzly horror movie, it was, like, no, nothing, not a special occasion by any means, but, like... Even with all the ones, like, I would go to see and shit, like, I remember this one just standing out to me, because there was just something about it, it just had, like, a more, like, and we'll get into it as the movie goes on, because it, it was, it's the first time I've really seen it, I've seen a piece of it on cable throughout the years, but it's really the first time when we watched it the other night that I had watched it all the way through since the theater, mm. and, like, I knew there was something special about this movie, and, like, re- remember reading about it at Fangoria and stuff, but I think what really grips you with this one is, um like, how good of an actual drama it is, like, like the amount of character work, because, like, really the first, like, I don't know if it's the first hour, but probably, like, the first 40, 45 minutes of the movie, like, it really feels like an in-depth, like, character drama of, like, Jeff Fahey's character. There's no captions? Oh, yeah, I forgot to put subtitles on. I was gonna ask you, too, because I saw you do the audio, but I was like, why are you doing audio? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what makes it, like makes it work is that or it's like not really like a it's not really meant to be a horror movie like it deals i mean i guess that's the a genre of horror right like body horror or whatever they call it yeah body horrors but um i don't really feel like this was meant to be like an actual horror movie like it really just seems kind of more i guess like what you were saying a psychological drama when you were trying to describe it to me Mm -hmm. but like it kind of seems i mean other than like taking body parts and having them reconnect and function normally i don't know if there's if that's actually possible but it kind of seems like it could be possible you know like especially at this point in time with a lot of medical advances happening i just saw on the news the other day a dude that got a pig's heart for a transplant and he was he's an old guy so like it really was just for him to sit in a chair for the rest of his life for another year or two yeah but i mean if we can use pig's hearts as like to replace a human heart like this really like seems like (laughs) i don't know like it could be possible 
And then if you're, like, so inclined to go in the way of, like, the thinking about the soul and all that and, like, yeah. where does it exist and everything, like, there could be, like, a weird kind of, like, realism to it. I think that's yeah. what makes it creepy. I mean, I mean, I'm sure what medically is portrayed in this film is probably still not even possible now. That we know but, of. But, yeah, but, I mean, obviously, <laughs> in the, like, the last 30 years since this movie came out, uh... You know, there's been a lot, like, closer shit that's been done like this, you know what I mean? And, like... bad for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I totally forgot his name. It's, like, Ben Victor Ben or something like that. And, like, I always knew him. Like, I first knew him from... He did, like, a McDonald's. Him and his other guy, like, they did this series of McDonald's commercials where they just played, like, dumb buddies. <laughs> and it was, like, around this time. And then, like, he started popping up movies. I could never take him seriously. <laughs> In movies, like he plays like the rapist at the beginning of Daredevil that Ben Affleck has to go after on the subway Damn, platform. Really? Yeah, oh, and like he usually play, he plays a lot of mob roles actually, but um, mm. I could never take him seriously because I knew him from those goofy comedic McDonald's commercials. But like <laughs> now that it's like thirty years later, you know, like and like I mean I haven't seen those commercials in forever. Like yeah, like when I see him in movies, I was like, damn, that guy's actually a good fucking character actor. <laughs> Now, we have to talk about the man of the hour here, the star of this film. And this Look at was, that hair. I know, amazing hair. That's why he was <laughs> such a big movie star. Oh, Our boy Jeff Fahey here, playing the psychologist. Now, this was your first time seeing Jeff Fahey in a movie that you could recall. Like, he has a familiar face to me, but, like, I think he has, like, one of... You know what he really looks like is one of the Team America puppets. He does. But, uh... <laughs> um, I feel like I might have seen because he he has like one of those faces that'll like you know how there's a batch of celebrities who all kind of have like a similar face yeah he kind of like um I also too for some random reason that um uh, I can't remember isn't Dave Cheviot or something like that from Baywatch like he kind of looks oh, like yeah. that guy <laughs> D- Dave Charvet yeah yeah is that what it was da- I think it's David Charvet yeah something like that and so like yeah like. I feel like I've probably seen him before, but I think this is really, like, I don't know. He was, like, he was kind of, like, yeah, like, a hunky guy, like, and he would, like, really go in between, like, he He kind of looks like Billy Zane a little bit, too. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of him. Well, he kind of had a big breakthrough, and I think it was Psycho 3, Mm. and, um, playing, like, a, like, a crazy guy who's, like, tempting Norman Bates to go crazy again, Mm. and that was, like, kind of, like, his big movie breakthrough, but he did a lot of direct-to-video movies, I mean, he was never, like, a mainstream movie star he was more like a character actor that just did a lot of different things you know especially when he's younger he's kind of good looking guy but like he would like like he did this and then he did lawnmower man he played the mentally handicapped guy that got super smart um and then like yeah like he just did a lot of director video shit like i mean he would do like skinamax type movies kind of but then like he did, like, the Darkman sequels because they couldn't get Liam Neeson to come back to do the direct-to-video sequels, so they got Jeff yeah. Fahey. But he was really good, and, like, I was glad. He made kind of a comeback in Grindhouse. Like, he was in uh, Planet Terror, and then he also was in uh, the trailer for Machete. And I can't remember if he was actually in the movie Machete or not. Hmm. But, it like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen him real recently. Like, I'm sure he's still acting and shit, but, like... 
Yeah, like he looks exactly the same now. Just mm-hmm. literally, just that. Like, and his hair is exactly the same how it is in this movie. It's just really? No, just now, it's just gray. Yeah. Why? And like he's like, kind of this, like, that's the only thing that I was like. He just has a weird hairdo that like he never lets go. But I swear it's just like that. Like I can see like he's handsome and all that, but yeah. that hair is mm-hmm. just like, jeez, Louise's. He kind of slicks it down more. Like kind of slicks it back more now. But like. I swear to God, it, it looks really just like that. Well, it really just kind of looks fried from dyeing it, and then yeah, it, I think he's dying for different roles. It kind of has that effect of like his hair is naturally curly, but he refuses to wear it curly. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably what it is. Why it looks so yeah. Strange. He just has a really weird hair texture and a you know yeah. a hairline that just where his hair can you know kind of like my hair can only be combed a couple ways. It's like. <laughs> You just, or just your hair just starts falling all goofy and shit. Now this oh, is gnarly God. when he's on the high expressway going to work, and with a car accident. And like I gotta say, like this was some really good direction here, the filmmaking, the uh, the tension that like you see where he notices like you know he's driving along, he's taking like patient notes or whatever, or, or notes to his uh, secretary on a tape recorder, and he knows somebody's driving a car with a shitty. Uh, little temporary tire on it and it's all wobbly about the bus off and it's like you just see this building up building up and like when we were watching this like yeah it's like it's almost like some classic hitchcock shit like like you just know the second well, it's the way it's filmed too like yeah. how they like zero in on it like this and like you know some shit's about to happen yeah, and it just builds up and, and builds his up. His look, he's like, he's all worried looking at it. And that's what's fucked up is he notices it, like uh, he knows it's about to fucking pop. Oh, yeah, here it comes. The tire starts coming off, and oh, like, no. I know oh, we say this a lot of movies, but like when we watch this, I was like, how did they film this? This looks so fucking dangerous. <laughs> and then when the actual wreck happens right here, because oh, yeah, like, I saw that truck coming up. Oh, yeah, like he's able to stop, but a semi oh, behind him doesn't. Oh man, and it just rear ends him. Oh. And he gets uh, shot out through this the... Part, uh, I, yeah. Oh. It really looked like there was a guy, too. Because like, his legs were, like, waving in the air. Yeah, like, on one shot, it kind of looked like a dummy. But when it cut the other shot, it looked like a real guy. Yeah. Like, on top of it. Like, so the base, one initially getting thrown out of the car. Yeah. Looked like a real man. I'm assuming he didn't have his seatbelt on, but he got shot out through the windshield and hit the top of another car that was all crunching up. And then he yeah. fell off of that car. It was so, so fucking gnarly, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was and uh, uh, this here uh, playing his wife is Kim Delaney, who I want to say she was like on NYPD Blue a few years after this, mm. and like, and she was also like in some like teen movies and stuff in the eighties too. I think she was like in that was in This Is Now with Emilio Estevez and Craig Schaefer. Mm. But like, I don't know what it was, man. But like back then, I like I just thought this lady was so beautiful. And it's, like, in this movie, like, she's kind of, like, like a plain-ass suburban mom. But, like, I kind of see why, like, like her eyes and stuff. She's just got, like, a soft, pretty... Like, she... This isn't a really good hairstyle she has in this. Like, later on, when she would have longer hair, she'd look better, but... This is so fucked up. Yeah. They said they can't save his arm. Yeah, his... That's a hard decision to make. She's like, no, we can't... We can't wait. Here, sign it off now. It's just like, oh my god. Yeah, basically his arm got ripped off. And what the doctor's asking the wife is like, you know, like he'll live. He just won't have an arm. But we can replace it if you want. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, you have to sign this shit. And like, basically she's she's saying like, we're get, we're going to give him a, a human arm from like a cadaver or whatever. Like we have a, a donor basically. Like she doesn't really no, go. She and, doesn't say cadaver. She no. says we have a donor. Yeah. 
But I mean, what live person would be like, here, take my arm, stranger, you know what I mean? But obviously there's That's not a, what she said. Yeah. No, it's it's all nebulous on purpose. And like also too, like when you watch this movie for the first time you don't really know who this uh, lady doctor is. Like yeah. she just seems like a regular doctor, but like like looking back on it now, it's like, Oh man, like this is where all the evil shit's starting already. Mm-hmm. And how like anxious she is. We can't wait, we have to do it now. Yeah. It's like such in a rush. It has to be fresh. It's like, yeah, because they're basically going to cut this dude's arm off and put it on Jeff Fahey. But even this part, like, they could... I thought he's watching it. Yeah, they could have just done, like, a blank, like, gory uh, surgery scene. But, like, what's really cool about it is, like, it's this nightmare where, like, he's awake on this gurney and they're wheeling him in. And it's, like, it's almost, like, RoboCop style with just showing his bloody stump of... of Not even an arm, just a shoulder. (laughs) But yeah, he's totally awake watching. And he's watching this other guy on this operating table who they're going to cut up for spare parts, basically. But what's crazy is, like, as we see later, like, the other body parts from the guy, like, get donated out to other people. Like, they had to have, like, all these surgeries, like, lined up. Mm -hmm. This is a good effect, too. Like, where they just use this distorted camera lens to show his point of view where, like, everything's, like, wide and shit. But it's not, like super hard to look at but it is like strange it's like this is almost like yeah for sure i think this is the most like body i mean the whole movie i guess is kind of body horror but like this part in particular with the surgery and shit mm-hmm. it's just very like a strange atmosphere very kind of almost david cronenberg-esque i have to say though i liked his character just in general, because he's a psychiatrist. I guess he's a psychiatrist. Yeah. I couldn't tell if he was psychiatrist or psychologist. But, um... Like, I just like that conversation they were having earlier when he was, like... Because he's trying to write his... Whatever he was trying to write. His book or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, oh, maybe I'm a fraud because he's been feeling like he wasn't helping anyone or anything yeah like i don't know if that's all he works with but yeah very personable so seeing him go through all this (laughs) yeah he's like oh god what a nightmare like he was working with the prisoner Uh, guy and he was saying like i've never actually fixed anybody like maybe i'm just not making a difference you know and it's like kind of ironic because then it's like this guy is like a fucking Mm. Serial killer, mass murderer, whose arm he is. I thought that was gnarly too, and like the whole surgery scene, like you, you almost wonder if it's like a, oh, a dream sequence or whatever. But it's it's actually real and happening. Yeah. Like they really are just hacking this fucking oh, guy out. Like yeah, he watches him cut the guy's head off. Oh my god! I remember uh, George Romero, uh, the dark half was like that too with the brain, or maybe it was Monkey Shines. I can't remember which one had like the, the brain surgery scene. I can't believe they put his head on somebody. It's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, whose body it was that they put his head on. Yeah, really. Because when you first watch it, you think they're just, like, basically taking his head to throw it away. Yeah. But, but that's not what ended up happening because the doctor was doing some oh, illegal so shit. Terrible. Yeah, like, this makeup job, like, when they show him post-transplant and all the bloody bandages and shit. And, like, the way they made him up so pale and, like, fucked up looking. Even, like, his hair's all greasy, like, how it gets when you're sick and you can't, like, take a shower and shit. And they somehow made him look, like, super skinny. Yeah, he got real skinny. And gaunt. Yeah. Maybe he just, like, crash-dieted it for a week before they Mm -hmm. shot the scene. Yeah. I mean, not that he was, like, roly-poly before or anything, but... 
He does look noticeably thinner. I like this too. Like I was definitely getting like RoboCop vibes from like this part of the movie too, where like they're trying to like all reassure him. Like he doesn't really know what's going on. Like you know he doesn't remember anything. Like except for like you know since the accident happened. At this point, he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we transplanted an arm for you." Just like he's like, he's so weird. I mean, he can't talk. He's got tubes down his throat and shit. But yeah, you can tell he's fucking disturbed by what's going on. Also, too, like that fucking surgery he watched. Yeah. Oh, he's out. Yeah. Out <laughs> like a light. <laughs> yeah, I think the psychological part of it is, like, kind of what makes it all, like, hard for to watch him go through. Because yeah. he's, like, so educated in, like, things that kind of are logical, you know? And yeah. then, like, he starts going through all this weird-ass shit. I think, too, it makes the movie, like, way more memorable. Makes it, uh, unique. Yeah, when they show it, like, the arm is, like, all cut to shit. Like, they made incisions everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, like, I don't get why there's incisions going up and down. I mean, I guess maybe they connect, like, the part, I don't know. Yeah, tissues or something. Yeah, they never really fully explain it, but, like, the arm is, like, scarred to fuck. It's not like you just got, like, some normal arm on. It's it's always going to be scarred to shit. I guess really just to give it an ugly visual. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Like, I mean, that's the thing about older movies is I feel like you could put, like, a lot more nuance and shit into them than you can in the movies now, you know? It's like now it's like... I feel like everything with the horror things, like, they try to please the horror audience too much where, like, back then it was just a given they were going to make a bunch of horror movies, so, like, why not, like, trying to make actually make them, like, good movies, you know? Yeah. Like, I would, that's why I would say, like, this is definitely, like, even though there is definitely, like, a slasher element to the second half of this movie. Yeah. Like, I still think this movie is, like, way above, like, some fucking Friday the 13th hacking up teenagers bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's because it's, it is more of a, I guess you could call it a psychological horror. Yeah. Like, it, it does. No, rather than just a drama. Yeah. Like, it does get straight on horror, like, the second half, but the first half really will take its time. But I gotta say, too, because, like, the fucking performance from Fahey is, like, so good. Like, this like this physical therapy scene, like, he portrays the agony so well. Like, I mean, and, I, like, you know, it's good that they uh, got, like, a real actor like him instead of some fucking schlockmeister like Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just some fucking cornball to come hey. in. <laughs> Don't knock the Bruce Campbell. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you we, like him. I don't know. I, di- I did at one time, but now I'm just like... I just feel like he's just the dude selling us the bills of, bill of goods. Mm. Dang. That's rude. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Where his, his arm makes these sudden movements sometimes. Like Creepy these violent music. Movements. Yeah. <laughs> Subtitles say crypt music. That's funny. I wonder how it describe the credits as music. Yeah. It's funny how he's like, did you see that? She's like, I did. She's all weirded out by it. Yeah, the therapist. <laughs> Damn, he looks so pained. And then, like, yeah, they, they cut forward, uh, you know, a couple months later. All of a sudden, he's, like, doing all this shit all hard and pumping iron and shit. And gain weight again. Yeah, he's looking healthy. Coming a sexy man again. 
That fucking hair getting more and more out of control. <laughs> you know who else he kind of reminds you of? Like with that face and that giant hair. He reminds you of that, that actor Peter Gallagher. Like they, oh, yeah. They definitely could have played brothers in a movie if they wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah. So, like, we were just, like, going nuts this October watching horror movies nonstop, weren't we? <laughs> no, we weren't. No? Well, I thought we were just talking the other day about how we hardly even watching oh, anything I thought we compared to how we usually do. <laughs> I watched a few uh, by myself, too, but, like, yeah. Like, does that, I would just come down here and, and just, like, be like, oh, like, this movie or this <laughs> horror movie I've been meaning to watch for a while and throw it in. But it still, it still wasn't that much. See? <laughs> we've been having a insidious fest is what yeah, we were doing. Yeah, we were making it. We saw all the insidious. <laughs> that guy, well, this, how will this affect your sex life? <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I guess this got leaked to the press that these crazy <laughs> operations are going on where they're giving people, new, well, not new body parts, but transplanting body parts. So, like, he comes out and he's, like, a celebrity and, like, like literally, like, 400 reporters are here trying to get him, you know, and he's just trying to be modest and shit. But just that guy's a weird-ass question. Yeah. How would this affect your sex life? It's just like, dude, like, why are you asking that? You know what's crazy? Like, you really can only see it in the scenes like this where, like, Fahey's hair is greased up. But it looks like he has a scar, like, on the top of his head, like, in his hair. Yeah. And, like, we were watching that, like, before. I just thought it was, like, one of the scars from the car wreck part. Mm. But I'm like, but it's, like, in his hair. I think that's, like, a real-life scar he's got on his head yeah because i i had a friend who uh literally had a car accident where he went he didn't break through the windshield but he hit his head on the windshield and uh yeah he had a scar he had really thick hair so you could only see it like when he like shaved his head mm. but he had a giant scar like on top of his head straight across it was weird mm. like on his left eye above his left eye huh? yeah that's where like, he's is in his hairline yeah and like like, you get introduced to the kids here, and, like, yeah, like, it's, uh, he has a daughter and a son. I think probably the son's probably, like, nine or ten, and the daughter's probably, like, seven or eight. But, uh... They're try he's trying to explain what happened and yeah. why he was gone, and... Yeah, like, like, I thought this was a good scene, too, because, like, he's, like, he's trying to be all serious and explain it, and, like, they just want to see, like, the weird, like, scarred-up <laughs> arm and shit. And then when she sees it, she's like, ew! Yeah. Oh, it's got scars. Oh. <laughs> the boy is just like, hmm. I just noticed that tattoo. Yeah. But yeah, we ran through all the insidious movies except for the newest one, Red Door. We didn't have time to get to. We're, we're, we're actually leaving tomorrow to go on vacation for Halloween week. Um, giant giant halloween plans we're going to all the haunted <laughs> houses we're going to uh the entire uh filming locate we're going to see all the places where they uh film Ernest scared stupid oh my and then God. we're going to going to go and uh <laughs> totally making everything. the world's largest uh pumpkin patch <laughs> pick out a pumpkin we are not doing any of that <laughs> yeah but we are going on vacation. <laughs> and we're going to, like, as many times as we can, we're going to see uh, Taylor Swift there as concert film oh, in theaters. No horror movies, just uh, <sighs> playing now, just Taylor Swift. No, thank you. Yeah. Don't make me uh, barf in my mouth. Mm. Did you, Hey, did you know that uh, not only October, but Halloween itself oh. is a very important uh, thing for Taylor Swift? Go away. Yeah. 
Go take over Christmas. I don't care about it. Because, like, I went, like, two or three months without filming a, or recording an episode. Mm. And then I record, like, three episodes in, like, a week, week and a half period. Mm. In the middle of all this Taylor Swift shit. Oh. So, like, the poor listeners, they're getting hit with me fucking bitching about Taylor Swift, like, oh, three episodes. Or, so, like, in, in my time, it's, like, a week and a half for them. Their poor souls would be, like, a month and a half just hearing about Taylor Swift oh, and stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah, so like he's being caressed by. Right. Now we start getting into the weird shit where like Damn. he's making love with his uh, wife, and like you know he's touching her with the weird arm and shit, and she's like, yeah, you just have to get used to it. It's different, but but and like yeah, he's totally like finger blasting her, but like <laughs> finger blast. Yeah, but like you get like the sense that like the arm, not that the arm's moving by itself, Dang. but that like it's making him like. I mean, not Super that we, sexy. Yeah, like, like not that we really knew how Jeff he <laughs> threw a, a a sex down with his uh, wife, but um, I try not to be too graphic here because this is a really highly erotically charged scene. <laughs> I know. Um, really going at it. Yeah, two good looking people going. At, that's what you used to pay to go to the movies to see <laughs> good looking people have sex. But uh, but yeah, like he just has like a passion. Whereas like he was a like reserve psychologist before, and now he's like, I'd say he's getting somewhat more manly now that we see him. He's got a feisty, a spicy side. Mm-hmm. Now he's a uh, muy caliente, uh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was gonna say like we we watched the Insidious franchise, which was like kind of like a, me laugh. a weird way. <laughs> Like a a weirdly like inactive for a long time horror franchise, <laughs> and I and I actually made you watch them out of order of how they're released, like because there's a lot of prequels in the Insidious. Uh, <laughs> so I made you watch them in story order. But uh, even though we haven't seen the newest one, Red Door, I guess the first four of Insidious. Just what for the listeners? What was your uh, viewpoint or your your reaction to the Insidious franchise? I think it's good. Like, I like, I mean, my favorite character is Elise. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The like older lady who's a psychic. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do in the last one. Or yeah. if, like, she's made her final appearance or what. But, like, I don't know. Like, because we saw him in that order, like, I got attached to her and her yeah. two uh, employees. <laughs> Specs. And, yeah. yeah, so it's like... I don't know, like, I don't know what the last one is gonna be. Yeah. But, I liked it. It was, like, that was actually one of the ones that I was, like, totally, like, not interested in initially, because the it was just, like, it just seemed like another dumb, like, haunted little kid movie, like, yeah, or a little evil kid movie. Oh, he's having some visuals. Yeah, he starts having, like, actual vision. He's trying to teach a class at the college, and he's actually having, like, in his mind, he's having visual uh, flashes of, like, muscle sinew, like, ripping and being red and bloody. While he's talking about abnormal psychology. Yeah. It's all tying together thematically here. Yeah. But, like, oh, God, I just noticed it was, like, a broken bone. Yeah. It's it's almost like he's seeing the inside of his arm. It's, it's hard to describe visually, but they're, like, quick flashes. Hmm. But, um... Yeah, like, because I'm not really, like, those are just kind of, like, there's so many of those of, like, the evil little kid. Look, a blooper. The car's back. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> weird, too. Like, his car that crashed. And I was like, but, you know, I was like, how did that, how did that, because I noticed that, too, when I watched it. I was like, how did that even fucking happen? Because it's like, 
Was that just an establishing shot of like the house from like earlier that they had to reuse or something? Like maybe. it was so fucking weird. And I was, and I was like, well, shot of the house they have. Yeah, I was like, maybe he got like a uh, like a fucking replacement car. He just like went and bought like. Oh. Car looks like. Oh. Yeah. He's trying to shave with the arm and. But I think you can even fucking hear it when it gets stuck in his skin. It's so yeah. gross. He's he's shaving with like a cheap ass big disposable razor, which those fuck you up anyway. But he. Pressed it too hard in his cheek, like his arm got like fucked up. But like how you were saying, he's changing. Like he like seems like he reacted like abnormally aggressive. Yeah, he got really pissed. He's like, damn, fuck, and like yeah. the kids were right there, and the wife. She's like, what's going on? Yeah, man? yeah. I like this part too. How this guy recognizes that something's different about him. Yeah, he tells. <laughs> he's him. like, you look like shit. Like how I usually feel. Yeah. <laughs> And he is getting more edgy. Like, I wouldn't say he looks as bad as he gets later, but he does, like, he's not as composed. Because before, when he was interviewing the prisoner guy, he was, like, very more calm. I guess he was interviewing this guy for research for his book. I guess he wasn't um, really exactly treating him. He just was, like, yeah. oh, maybe he was treating him, but he was, like, trying to get the information for the book. Yeah. And, it, like, it seemed, like, they don't go too much into it at the beginning because they kind of just have to hurry up and get to the car wreck. But I kind of got the feeling that his book or whatever... He, thesis he was working on he was trying to understand the human brain or human psychology in terms of like what makes killers kill criminals yeah yeah and like basically like the point of this scene is um just like besides like the guy recognizing like hey there's something weirds going on with you doc and like you know they shake hands and then he sees the tattoo that's on Faye's arm and then he and he's like hey like you know, mm. how'd you get that tattoo? Mm. It's just a striker on it. And, it, mm. and apparently it's a prison tattoo that they give the guys on death row who, like, committed murders and shit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I asked him, how do you get it? Which, of course, that starts, you know, bringing off red flags to Fahey to be like, you know. like and he starts getting all scared of him. Yeah. And it, it will come up a couple times in dialogue, but it's just like, He's bothered by the fact that, like, he has an arm that's, like, literally killed people and shit. Yeah. And, like, eventually, you know, throughout the, you know, the plot unraveling, he'll do research and figure out who the guy is. But, like, again, that's just, like, what I mean about this being a kind of uh, multi-layered kind of drama horror movie is, um, you know... Oh, I thought this was cool, too, that the way he finds out the guy was he he goes in the police station... And he's just like, yeah, take, because he, he like knows the guy. I guess he works with him or whatever. Like he's like, he's like, yeah, take my fingerprint. I, yeah. I never thought about that. I was like, yeah, he's got that fucker's fingerprints. That's what I was wondering, like how weird it would be because he has two different sets of fingerprints. Yeah. <sighs> Although I guess even if you he wanted to go do crimes and you leave those guys prints, they would know who <laughs> had his arms. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of two people. Mm. <laughs> it could be one of two people. Um. But yeah, like, I don't usually like those kinds of movies about the little evil kids because they're all kind of the yeah. same to me. So, like, I never was interested in those. And then, like, yeah, I just had a totally different idea of what the movie was. And it's even kind of misleading because, like, now that I know and I've seen them, when you look at the posters and they show the little evil kid, it's like the kid was, like, barely There's, like, well, yeah, no, had that, anything to do with he it. He was never <laughs> evil, like, ever for yeah, a second. Like, yeah. he actually just... Uh, his 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 soul got trapped in a nether world, so yeah. his body just went into a coma. Yeah. But he never like did, he was never possessed by anything, and he never did anything creepy. Yeah. But oh, I know exactly what you mean. The poster, and like also too, like that's why I avoided it too. Like, 
I saw the first uh, Insidious for the first time I ran it on DVD. Like, I just mm. wasn't in a rush to see it at all. <laughs> he looks like the eagle character from Muppets. Yeah, it's it's funny, too, <laughs> that, like, they show the, the, the mugshot of the killer guy, and, like, I don't know if it was supposed to be, like, he had bleached hair or what, but, like, he looks like he's got fucking, like, an old guy with gray hair. Yeah. But, um, like, later when you see his head again, like, you know, his head shaved so he don't have yeah. that hair anymore. Yeah, he starts having more grisly flashes in his sleep. Now he's getting real edgy. You always know people are getting edgy in movies back then <laughs> when they start smoking out of nowhere. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, yeah, like, I got, like, I was all, like, offended after... <laughs> Whatever, yeah. I don't know the parts, because they're all mixed up the way I watched them, but... The original Insidious. Yeah, yeah I was like, ah, they killed her off! Because, ah, yeah. like, like, I saw her story first before I yeah. saw the way Like, even, like, it. her her origin when she was a little girl. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I was just so, like, what is the point of this? Ah, like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it actually made me want to hurry and watch the next one, because I was like, yeah. what are they going to do with this story now, you know, like, yeah. without her? Because I thought she was dead. I mean, she is dead, but... yeah. Yeah, I just made the decision a few months ago because I, I ended up eventually seeing parts two and three in the theater and I missed part four. And I really liked parts two and three, so I was like, I'll just track them all down and go. And, like, for some reason, I think it's just because there's, like, weird studio things. Like, it's a collaboration between different mm, studios. Yeah. Like, they never did, like, the box set or anything. So, like, I had to, like, order individually the Blu-rays, which, like doesn't sound like a big deal but it actually was because like for some reason like hardly anybody had them all in stock so like mm. i had to get a couple from amazon and mm. a couple from best buy and i was just like what's going like do you remember those sinister movies that came out like with ethan hawk it was in the first one and then they made sinisters too about those little kids and the monster i think so yeah. yeah like we went to see them like you can't even buy those anymore and they've been out of print for years like wow. i've been trying to buy them forever like like, even used copies, I can't, like, they're just, like, jacked up. So I was like, is that what's, what's happened with Insidious? Like, I just thought it was weird. So he's telling her who the arm belonged to? Yeah. She's, he, he's trying to tell her he thinks something's wrong with it. And she's like, no, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just your imagination. Yeah, she's like, you have your life back. It's okay. Like, she's basically just, like, saying, like, don't let it she's get like, to your you head. She's like, you can finger bang me real good. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. We're fucking good, honey. We we don't, we don't. It doesn't matter if we have a Charles Manson's arm on your body. He's talking to the doctor about it now. Yeah, he goes back to the doctor to try to figure it out, and she just totally gaslights his ass. What she says, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want it to interfere with everything. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want you to say no or hate. Trying to give you a uh, better quality of life while I have this fucker's head tight, you know, you know, on another body running around. It is interesting how he says, I now have a murderer's blood in my blood. And like, yeah. I guess that would be true. I was like, going to say. Like, you can't, like, drain an arm out of all its blood and shit, or else it would probably die instantly. Yeah. She's trying to say you can't. it won't do anything you don't want it to do, but yeah. nobody's, like, experiencing the weird shit he's experiencing. Yeah. Or if they are, they're all just hiding it. He's, like, the only one smart enough to talk about. So, as far as horror movie franchises go... Which do you think is actually more medically accurate, body parts <laughs> or the human centipede franchise? 
I don't know. I never seen Human Centipede. Oh, you never seen Human Centipede? No. It's about a, a evil doctor who uh, kidnaps people and he so, he he sews their mouths to other people's assholes, oh. so they become a human centipede. Is that what, what I have always heard the jokes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I never knew what it was. <laughs> Oh my god! It's amazing. I saw that in a movie theater. Jesus. Um. It really is like I don't know. Like that is not one of the ones that you've ever had me watch. No. I would never watch that on my own. Yeah. Well, I would never watch any horror movie and it, on my it, own. And honestly, it has sequels. It has a part two and part three, I believe. But like, I never even like. I think I own part two as well, but I've never watched it just because. I just, it's like, the first one was so good. Like, you're not going to top, like, the first time you see somebody's mouth sewn to an asshole. Oh, God. So gross. So, it's, like, these two girls that, like, their car broke down, and, like, they knocked on the guy's door, and he, like, totally just, like, knocked them out. It's these two girls, and then, like, this Asian dude, and, like, yeah, like, so human centipedes them together. Dang, and, you see off his butt. I know. <laughs> Like, we're showing this other guy, like, uh, I guess we're t- done talking about human centipede now. But, um, Please. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, this, this, this guy, like, he lost his legs in a car accident. So, like, because he was crippled or whatever. Like, they just cut his legs off and put the killer guy's legs on his body. We'll talk about it when you make me watch it. Yeah. Full sequence. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just trying to stay on topic with the no, movie we were doing the the pod for. No, I mean you. Around my squeaky sofa noises. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you haven't been feeling the best lately anyway. Because so. you were trying to tell me the whole plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, basically, you heard it. I mean, he sews their mouth to a uh, Stop saying that. <laughs> so, it's making you laugh <laughs> Because it's a great, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, we need, we need Jason Voorhees to come back. I was like, no, we've had enough. We had 13 Friday the 13th, so we're like, we, we need Human Centipede Part oh 4. God, no, we don't. <laughs> I was totally wrong, too, when I watched it the other night, and the opening credits said Brad Dourif was in it. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to be the killer, but he's actually not. He's a, another transplant recipient, yeah. and he got his arm back, and he was a, he was an artist. Well, he is an artist, but he was an artist who lost his arm, and then they gave him the killer's arm, and now he can paint again, and all of a sudden, he's painting these, like, grotesque, murderous, <laughs> bloody paintings. That everybody wants. But, yeah, but everybody For some wants. reason. Which, I gotta say, like, this part of you it. Where, arm where, wrestle or what? Yeah, where he's like, he's like, yeah, all of a sudden, like, I'm making all this money. I was like, I actually found this part, like, believable, that because yeah. pe- people would want to buy the the bloody gory paintings of a guy who painted it with the arm of a serial killer like yeah. i think for because like everybody was paying for those um but would anybody know that well yeah cause, i mean they don't go into the story but like everybody knew it happened to fahey so i'm sure they would know it happened to him you know what i mean but do they know who the donor was mm, yeah maybe not maybe they didn't but either yeah, way like know. the violence is selling yeah, and Fahey's, like, getting the memories. He he can recognize that these grotesque paintings are from real, like, memories the guy had of, like, when he was killing people. Seems like he mostly strangled people and shit. He's a fan of the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's raving about the doctor. Talking about all the money he's making to him. It almost looks like he's smearing, like, blood and shit on the paintings. <laughs> it did look like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Comparing her to all these people. Yeah. Dang, he's gangster tattoo on his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got they got all the prison tattoos that, that went along with the guy's hand. <laughs> Which, like, now you could just laser remove that shit and blur it, you know. But I guess mm-hmm. they didn't have that in the early 90s. I don't think he cared. No. The, um... You know, it's kind of funny we were talking about Insidious, though, because, like, I was, like, looking at all those dramatic scenes and shit and kind of, like, the way Fahey's character is portrayed in this movie. Oh, I didn't even mention why I also love the Insidious movies. Yeah, why? Because I love Patrick Wilson. I know. He's your favorite. He is. That's what I was about to say is, like, I think if you remade Body Parts now, I think oh. the I think the only person you really could cast would be Patrick Wilson. He's, like, <laughs> oh the only... Oh, God. That would be so hard to watch. Yeah, he's, like, the only dramatic guy that, like, does horror movies and shit. <laughs> he's, like... It's so hard to watch him suffer or, like, how he is in Insidious. He turns evil for a second. Or not yeah. a second, but for a lot of the movie. Like, yeah. it's so hard to see him like that because I like him so much. And I'm, like, I don't want to see him like that. <laughs> yeah. Here's all his crappy paintings he used to do, he thinks. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Because I didn't see Hard <laughs> Hard Candy, which is kind of like his breakout movie. Really? I, I didn't see it till like, later on video. Like, like three or four years after it came out, I is finally watched it. Is that the one it. with, uh, what's her name? Elliot, or that young boy, Elliot Page. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I gotta say, I didn't like that movie at all. Like, it just was like... That movie was such a big deal. I, I know. remember when it came out. I can't remember. That was like the breakout movie for some director. I can't remember if it was David Slade or who it was. Damn, I didn't realize that was him. That's so weird. But, um... That came out a long time ago. Yeah, it was, he was kind of like nerdy looking at it too. It was before he got all studly. But then I saw that comedy with him and Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman, I can't remember what the name of it was, The Switch or something, mm. where Jennifer Aniston is, like, getting older, so she wants to have a kid, so mm. she, like, she she asks, uh, what's his name, uh, Patrick Wilson, because he's, like, this big stud and shit, uh, to donate his sperm, but, like, Jason Bateman's, like, so jealous, because he's always been in love with her, so he, like, switches his sperm, and, like, mm. the kid comes out all doofy, because she's, like, <laughs> she wants to have, like, a fucking baby Chad stud kid, you know, who's, like, yeah. good at sports, and then this... The baby comes out and he's like all fucking nearsighted and shit, like fucking Jason Bateman's playing the nerd. And then I saw him in that movie with uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, I think it was called Little Children. It was like a drama, and um, it was actually about some child molesting shit too, oh just like God. Hard Candy. But uh, Jackie O'Haley played the molester in that movie. But yeah, like, and then obviously I saw him like Watchmen shit. So like, yeah, Patrick Wilson, he's like really good, man. He played a lot of uh, diverse roles and he shit. Really? knows how to make you like feel for him like yeah. that's what like that's what's hard for me to watch when like of that kind of stuff and then he's just really cool in aquaman because he plays yeah. like a cool tough character i can't remember i was what i was about to say was i can't remember if i saw him in that comedy with jason bateman first or if it was lakeview terrace i saw him first mm. you ever see lakeview terrace with him and samuel jackson um, I don't know if I've seen that one. I know what, what it is, though. It's really fucking, like, I'll be honest with you, it's like, and somebody, like, I think, like, fucking Neil Abute, uh, I don't know why I'm cussing so much, sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I think Neil Abute or somebody directed it, but it's just, like, the most basic-ass, like, hokey thriller movie. I think they were playing it on TV recently. Yeah, where, like, uh, Samuel Jackson's, like, a cop, too. Yeah. And, uh... And uh, Patrick Wilson and his wife, played by Carrie Washington, move in next door to Samuel <laughs> Jackson. 
This part reminds me of how, like, whenever you walk into a room, I get scared the shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets so mad. He's like, ah, what, what? Yeah, like, the uh, the wife just comes in, like, from, you know, the bathroom while you get in the shower just <laughs> to say something to him. And he jumps and screams. He's and like, what, what? He doesn't say what the fuck, but he says good yeah. stuff. <laughs> he's, he's being his aggressive, mean, scary guy character. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's like kind of weird, like, movie, and it's like, Patrick Wilson can't tell if Samuel Jackson hates him because uh, he's like a white guy married to a black lady or mm. what, but but I think, yeah, if I remember right, he like actually hates him because like they were smoking weed outside or some shit, yeah. and he's just like, he's like, like he's just like a real, Samuel Jackson plays just like a real militant asshole, and he's like, you're making my neighborhood shitty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, but the one thing that is memorable about the movie is that it takes place in like, typical la fashion of like the neighborhoods about to burn down so everybody has to like evacuate mm. so oh, like, like from a fire yeah it's like there's like hillside fires and shit you yeah. know like which is what happens there like every fucking month and um yeah so like there's it gets kind of spooky towards the end where like everybody's evacuated but like samuel jackson won't leave his house or whatever like they kind of have like the final like fight showdown like on the block like you mm. know when nobody's really around because they're all mm. evacuated and shit. So I thought that was like definitely like appropriate for the LA setting. This funny this cop guy. Yeah, so this is <laughs> Zake Smokai, and uh, I don't know exactly where he's from. If he's African or or no, actually I think he's Jamaican. But I want to say he was in West Craven's Serpent in the Rainbow. That's where I know him from. Yeah, he plays like uh, I never could tell. I can't remember if the, if they're supposed to be in Chicago or where they're supposed to be in this movie. But it's so weird that he's just like this fucking police detective with this thick ass Jamaican I accent. I know. Oh, here's the oh, this part. is the best when the the kid <laughs> runs him and like they're wrestling so hard, and then like the kid like does some shit like he, he oh the kid jumps on him so fucking hard on his like transplant arm, and like. It's not really Fahey, it's like, it's like the serial killer reflex, the backhand the kid. It's so hilarious. The kid runs away screaming, oh, he busted my nose, mom. (laughs) But but what was funny about it was like from the get-go, man, like they were beating him and the kid were like playing recipe. Oh, she fucking slapped the shit out of him too. Surprised he didn't like knock her across the room. Yeah, really. (laughs) That's funny. Everybody's like wearing blue pants, blue jeans. That was so funny. Blue shirt. When he like went, bang. He just like. <laughs> it looked, I gotta. I mean, I guess it was just like they practiced it and shit, but it looked real too. It and the way like, he like ran away. Well, I know he's grabbing his nose and shit. So yeah, Faye, he starts stalking the other guys again. Like he already talked to um, to Brad Dorif, but he didn't really talk to the guy who got the leg transplant. Mm-hmm. And he starts following him around, and he sees in a. I thought this guy who played, I can't remember what his name is in the movie, but he's just like, I didn't, I didn't really recognize him, but he's just like a young actor guy. I thought he was actually good too. Like I found him believable. Yeah, I was going to say, what happened to him? Like, yeah, I don't, he never I'm, really like, that I know of. Yeah, he, he didn't look real familiar. But it's like weird because you can tell the guy's like moving weird and he's like playing basketball in like sweatpants, which like you never would really do, but obviously if your legs were all. And shorts. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually a lot of great guys are wearing sweatpants, which is weird, but like. I played basketball a lot when I was young. I never did it in sweatpants. <laughs> but uh, maybe that was like an 80s, early 90s thing. But yeah, he does a super slam. Dunk. That's another thing, too, is like all the transplanted things. Like they try to play it up that like the killer guy like killed everybody with his bare hands. And oh, he was like oh. super powerful. 
Yeah, there's like something about like this guy. Like he's like got like special skills with his legs too. Yeah. I wish they would have given some reason for that. They're just like super strong, and like he did the slam dunk and shit. But I think it's just supposed to be like he, um, like the killer guy or whatever, is uh, he had some kind of supernatural force behind him because I don't know if it was because all his murders he did or just like mm. that he already had or what. But it's it's kind of like ill defined. But yeah, like Ugh. typical thing. Like the guy's legs yeah. are like. They have a life of their oh own. Oh, my God. And, like, he's driving his car, and it makes him slam on the um, the gas. He has to, like, go through, oh. and he almost wrecks. Oh, my God. Which, like, especially when you saw how gnarly that car wreck was at the beginning of the movie, like, this oh scene had you extra God. nervous. Oh, my God. And he barely stops in time before he hits a parked car. <sighs> and then Faye, he comes and knocks on the window, like, oh, hey... It's just so funny that he, at first he's just like, oh, I saw what happened. But then he tells him, like, hey, you know, I had the same transplant you did. Yeah. I think this is the only kind of, like, goofy part of the movie. And it's it's just unavoidable. But, like, when Faye, he tracks these guys down and he has these conversations with them. Yeah. And they don't, like, well, this guy doesn't really, like, get weirded out or anything. But yeah. he the way he does kind of tell him, like, nothing is, everything's fine. Like, just get over it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Even though he does have this weird shit happen to him. Well, like, because he said too, though, like he's like, I was in a wheelchair for three years, so like this is better than you know, yeah. like what was going on with me and stuff. Which I mean, he's totally, you know, he's just saying like, hey, you know, like blowing off, be like, hey, you know, look at his ears, I like his ears. Yeah, he's got the ears stick out. <laughs> uh, my mom would say that's how my ears are. I like those ears. Yeah. The guy has a pretty modern haircut for back then. Like, it's pretty much how everybody combs their hair now. <laughs> yeah. I would, if I had a chance, though, I would definitely have that fakey hair. Oh, God. <laughs> Especially this scene. It's, like, definitely died with some fucking shoe polish. No way. Him and uh, Steven Seagal went to the same hair <laughs> colors, apparently. <laughs> But, like, I was saying, like, I remember, I can't remember when it was this movie came out, like, what month it was or something. Like, I thought it came out, like, the dead of winter, but I think it actually came out, like, August or some shit. Mm. But, uh, it's probably just because the movie has such a wintery setting. <laughs> I, I saw you. I followed you. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I saw you play basketball. But I really miss when, like, <laughs> there was, like, pretty much one or two horror movies came out, like, a month. Like, it was definitely during the 80s and even the early part of the 90s. It just sucks now we have to sit around and wait seven, eight months for another horror movie to come out all the time. Hmm. Yeah, when he said earlier that a horror movie was like no special occasion, you would just watch it anytime. I was going to yeah. say, not anymore. Now it's only for October. And not even. <laughs> and even barely. More now. like August and September. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, we didn't go see it because the release got botched where we live, but, like, everybody was, like, not everybody, but I heard a lot of people saying, like, well, I would have seen Saw if it came out for Halloween, but no, really. and I was just like, yeah, it's fucking annoying, but, like, me personally, like, I would love to go see a horror movie anytime, like, mm-hmm. and I used to go see a horror movie anytime, like. I have to say, like, yeah, like, I don't really ever care about release dates or anything unless it's, like, a holiday movie or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that Saw has made its living off of when it's Halloween, yeah. if it's Halloween, it's Saw. 
Like, yeah. I have to say, like, I was kind of, like, not into it. Like, when, when they said they were going to release it earlier, I was like, okay, never mind, whatever. Like, it became not special all of a sudden, because it was just, like... Yeah. They just totally got rid of, like, the gimmick of it, and I was just like, eh. Well, Disney put all their, their, whatever, their Haunted Mansion and Haunting of Venice, they put those all out early so they could get them on streaming for Halloween Day. Yeah. Which, that's, that's pretty annoying, but at least they, uh, I was like, I mean, I, I guess if you're that fucking stupid, but, which is, people who run Disney are, that's why they're oh, losing no. billions. But, uh, yeah, like... Uh. Lionsgate, like, all they had come out this fall was Saw, and they just botched that shit, releasing it in the middle of September for no reason. And then it got beat by Paw Patrol. Oh, he's gonna check killer. Yeah, he's, like, he's just totally asleep, but he just, his arm reaches over. Oh this is where he started getting some borderline Evil Dead shit. He just reaches over and starts choking his wife to death. Well, I think the shot was cool in how it was just showing the hand. Like, it was, yeah, it was, like, the hand was almost like a snake like slithering. Like thing, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and then of course, like his acting's really good. He's terrible. She's really good too. Her performance. Now she sees that some weird shit was happening. Yeah. So yeah, like we're we're going we're going on vacation for Halloween week, and we're just hoping and praying we can find a theater still playing Saw in Los <laughs> Angeles. Because everybody wants weird to... enough to say during Halloween. Well, what happened too is Lionsgate. It, it was originally supposed to come out sometime in October, but like Lionsgate got scared that Five Nights of Freddy's and then Taylor Swift were coming out, and then Five mm-hmm. Nights of Freddy's is just ridiculous because it's just playing on Peacock anyway. The same day it goes mm-hmm. in theaters, so it's like they just totally tanked the box office of Saw for no reason. They tanked the box office of everything. Yeah. And not only that, but our girl is not really burning up the charts the way everybody predicted she was going to. Mm. I mean, she did very well, but well, nothing am- girl. nothing amazing. You know what sucks is, like, I had no problem with Taylor Swift. Like, I actually, I actually prefer her earlier, like, country music, because always, I've always thought she was a really good songwriter. I honestly don't know what any of her new stuff sounds like, because I've never listened to it. Cause I just, just hear a bunch of poppy it's bullshit like poppy screaming, now. yeah. But, like... And she's doing, like, collaborations with fucking iSpice now. With rappers and shit, yeah. It's just ridiculous. But, um, like, this whole thing with this whole, like, quote-unquote her saving the movie theaters, I'm just like, go away. And then constantly, every Sunday, you gotta fucking hear about her at the football game. Oh, at the football game. Just like, go away. You're You're oversaturating. Go away. <laughs> it's so oversaturated. I mean, I have no opinion about her music because I haven't, I haven't, I mean, I've probably heard five Taylor Swift songs in my entire life. So I don't have much of an opinion or whatever. And if people love something, they love it. I ain't got a problem with that. But she's just weird how, like, everything's got to be about her, like, all at the same time. Yeah. One, well, just especially around this time of year where it's like. Yeah. You know, we've had our own traditions that we do and everything on our own. And just like, oh, now all of a sudden this is supposed to matter. And it's just like, yeah. ugh, like I don't know. Yeah, It's I'm, just obnoxious. I mean, we don't have, let's be honest, we don't, we've talked about it. We don't have the best movie theater situation where we live. There's yeah. really not much choice. So, like, when something comes that, like, th- throws a wrench in, like, the normal movie playing, it, yeah. it makes it... It's like a thousand times worse. Yeah, it's a really pain in the ass for us to see the movies we want to see when they're not playing that many times a day or they're playing in like really small theaters that get sold out. 
So it's like, yeah, it just sucks. And just the way every, like, the way every movie theater basically, they threw out fucking The Exorcist in its second week. Mm. They threw out fucking Saw. They threw out Haunting of Venice. Just to, to, to unnecessarily clog up. I mean, it was unbelievable how many showtimes that fucking thing has. And it's like, I checked the tickets to see. I was like, everybody going to these? And like, yeah, people go to like the seven o'clock ones or the big ones that are like the really big theaters. But the majority of them, like, they're just fucking empty. There's, like, four or five people in them. Mm. Oh, man, he's going off the rails. Yeah, after he almost choked his wife to death, he's he's telling the the uh, doctor to cut his fucking arm off. She's like, no, I would never do it. I would never do it. She that. straight just... out tells him what you're going through is not important compared to what I've done. Yeah, my, like, that was the my scene. work. <laughs> That was the thing where she unveiled, honestly, her cunningness. So she's yeah. like, "This is my research and my work." I'll and put you, you in you a don't mental matter. institution. Yeah. <laughs> like this is some good shit here. This kind of reminds me of Psycho Three when he was in the hotel in Psycho Three, going crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's why it's just like really like by the time you get to this part of the movie, you're like, "Holy shit, man!" Like this is like you don't even really other than just the horror of his life is literally collapsing around him like like you said like it doesn't even really feel like a horror movie at this point yeah it's just kind of like yeah something weird and strange and supernatural is going on but it's like you don't know if it's like a ghost thing or what that's or if it's just in his imagination or like yeah yeah, that's hard (laughs) yeah it's really good and then the other guys are like fucking perfectly normal yeah. Now you got me cussing all the time. I know. It's okay. We'll settle down. We won't talk. I, I swear to God, this will be the last time we talk about Taylor Swift until we talk more about her on the next episode that will come out later that we actually recorded. When her, her movies are still playing on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean. But, like, that's what's kind of, like, hard about watching this. It's like, the other, well, I mean, I guess he, uh, the legs guy kind of had a bad experience but the other guy hasn't really had anything happen no he's had a great experience or at least he claims but i wonder too is maybe he was getting brad durf maybe he was getting his like weird shit out because he was painting it so he because i mean obviously he was painting what he was seeing in his mind but to him he was he was saying like oh it just comes to me whatever but to him he just saw it as like artistic inspiration whereas like faye he's like i keep seeing this shit in my you know my dreams and shit and like it's haunting me it is kind of cool that, like, he called them and they came to, like, hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, like, because, like, you know, it was just getting really sad, like, how he's writing in his diary in that shitty hotel room and he's all sad because he lost his family, pretty much. Yeah, because the wife kicked him out. Yeah, so, like, he gets... Woke up the kids in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, he tell him say, I'm leaving. say goodbye. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he almost choked her to death, so yeah. I see why she's scared. But, um... Yeah, like, I like that the guys, like, they actually show up and come, and, like, everybody's drinking beer, getting drunk together, and they're just like, fuck, man, this is such a weird, like, thing we're in. Yeah. And it does get, like, a, like a little silly here, though, like, when this other drunk guy just starts some shit with them, and, like, they all start fighting and shit. But yeah, it, it seems like it was just mostly in there to show, like, the skills that the guys have now with their, the superpowers with their new they have. limbs. Yeah. yeah. He trusts the doctor so much. Yeah. I guess the other big franchise of, uh, I didn't really think about it, but I guess all the, the horror offerings were all, they're all sequels this year, right? The Haunting of Venice was part three of the Agatha Christie, Saw 10, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then Exorcist was a, I don't know what part it would be considered, mm-hmm. but, um, 
But it's part of Exorcist franchise, but yeah. Like, yeah. Everything is now. Yeah. Listen to what your arm's saying to you. Yeah. He's saying kill my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Have another drink, old buddy. They're all laughing and that shit. That guy's just listening to them. Yeah, this guy's like, oh, here's a guy on the news with a weird arm. Show it to me. And they're like, hey, like, I, I ain't a circus freak, dude. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, You're they're toasting the murder guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Jeez. it's like you would assume the, the serial killer guy would be dead. Uh. He wouldn't. But I was just like, who is this guy with his Baltimore Orioles baseball cap on wanting to fight them? <laughs> Such a jerk. I guess now you know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It just it just gets, gets really kind of cartoony here. Oh, my God. I want to say the one from the TV. Yeah. I should say, too, though, I just found out, I didn't even know about it, um, I think it's called Suitable Flesh, Joe Lynch, the horror director, has a new movie out, and I guess pretty much just art house theaters, but with uh, Heather Graham, it looks good, I watched the trailer today, Mm. so check out the trailer on YouTube. Yeah, it was like, he hits the guy with the beer bottle, but then another guy jumps in, starts punching him. And they do the slow motion haymaker punches, just like destroying the dude. The guy's faces are funny, like, when he's getting pummeled, though. I've never really... Like, I've I've seen a lot of fights outside bars and shit, but usually outside... Dang, never, really? I've never... Huh? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, I've been jumped. I've been sucker punched a bunch of shit. What the hell? Who are you hanging out with? Jeez. It's just when you're young and you're 20s, like... Fuckers are drunk, starting shit. I saw one guy. Why are you so crazy. What is this crazy life you? I have? mean, it wasn't me, but like, <laughs> I mean, I try to stay oh. out of shit. But then, like, the guys bumping each other and they start fighting. The guy with the legs gives him an awesome karate kick. <laughs> it was also two of the cops like showed up there. But like, yeah, I've never like actually seen a fight inside a bar. Like, they're always like right outside, like literally right outside the door. But uh, I'm just curious if it would ever be, like, goofy like that, where just, like, everybody would jump in, like, just randos would be jumping in, trying to, <laughs> like, not break it up, but, like, fight like that, just punching each other and oh, shit. Oh, God. His legs are bothering him. Yeah. Like, Ugh. he can't he can't walk up the stairs because his legs are all weird. I wonder, like, what that is. Like... I think it's just because the, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but actually what's going to happen is the serial killer guy is going around, he's going to start collecting his body parts back. I think it's because the guy is near and, like, he's basically telling those legs, like, to fuck up. Like, uh, like the legs are basically dying because, like, uh, the real guy is there. Yeah. He just looks so, like, tortured. Like, I have so many problems with my legs. Like, to watch him the way he is, I'm like, oh, my God. It's really good acting, too. I know. Yeah, but, I mean, the guy, the guy totally deserved it, but I remember one time I was, like, with a large group of guys, and, like, there was probably, like, 12 of us, but, like, half of us were on one side of the bar, half of, so, like, we didn't really know what was going on, so there was, like, these two guys that were, like, picking a fight with, like, these three or four other guys that were kind of in the group, and, like, that shit, that shit started out, and, like, the one guy got hit and knocked down, and, like, he kind of was, like, down on his hands and knees for a second, and, like, the main guy he was fucking with, like, begging to fight him all night. 
that dude, that dude just came up, like, literally, like, fucking punting a football, just went up and fucking kicked that dude in the face, like, Jeez. straight in, like, like, heel toe, like, the, the tip of his sneaker or whatever, it's like, boom, fucking, mm. like, squared up. And then, like, a bunch of shit happened, and, like, like the cops didn't get there in time or anything, but, like, a bunch of people, like, jumped in, and then they got, like, tore But it was probably good it ended when it ended, but... That was, like... Because, you know, usually assholes, like, always start shit, and they always get away with it. That was, like, the one time I actually saw some asshole who wanted to fight so bad actually come out on the bad bad end of things. Mm. But, uh... I totally forgot about this part. Yeah. Where, like, the guy with the, guy with the legs, Charlie... Or, no, that's not Charlie. Charlie's circular. I forget what the leg Mark guy... Mark Draper. Well, yeah, Mark Draper. He he calls Fahey and tells him like, yeah, this shit's going on. Like, I need your help. And then Fahey rushes over. Now this is where he doesn't like, even say that though. He's like, hey, just call and see what's going on. Yeah, he's like casually just calling him. He never even gets a chance to say anything. And then he hears that door bang. Yeah, like Fahey hears a loud noise oh, over the phone. He shows up the guy's part. I thought it was funny too that the killer like put the door back, but it's like all busted in. So it's just <laughs> literally Fahey touches it, and just like falls over. Oh my! Totally off the hinges. Yeah, and this is where it starts getting like really kind of classic regular horror movie-ish from this point on. But like, because <clears throat> it's never really even alluded to. Yeah, we're like it's an hour and six minutes into a hour twenty eight movie, so like literally it's like tw- like not counting credits, there's like less than twenty minutes left, and all the horror shit happens. Kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's kind of good too because it gets like really bizarre and goofy, but kind of fun and over top oh, way. But yeah, like Faye, he comes in and he finds oh. the guy. And oh, like, he doesn't even see it. Mm-mm. Oh my like, god. Like he's trying to just like look around. I thought it was creepy too that like even after the guy could walk, he kept his wheelchair still. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just oh, kind of weird. Yeah. Because like earlier, oh like it was god. like tucked away in the corner, but like obviously oh, this big fight you happened. Oh, could hear blood dripping. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the room's like a bloody mess. Oh my Finds God. a guy and the guy's legs are completely ripped off. That was gnarly. Yeah. I think you could do like a really cool, like almost alternate version of this movie where you follow the killer more and like, because it gets really greasy. He's like driving around in that car with those body parts he's stealing back and shit. Yeah. I wonder what he. Oh, God, how he like cut them off. <laughs> I think he just like literally, I mean he might have cut them off but I just always got the impression that he was just literally cause like he later when he goes back off. for his arm from Duraf he just like literally rips that shit off cause yeah. he's got like some super strength oh my god yeah I mean also too who knows like the doctor lady was such a weird mad scientist like she could have been fucking like juicing up the body parts like trying to enhance them somehow yeah ay yeah. yeah. It sucks because that guy was a nice, seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, like Duraf is like a little wacky and crazy, like a weird, crazed artist. But he, I mean, he's not like really a bad guy at all either. Like he was, you know, being friendly and sympathetic. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe it's uh But yeah, they they show Duraf painting like the way he paints the shit, like so violent. It's like he's spraying blood around, <laughs> even though it's just paint. But maybe like the reason Fahey like kind of like figured everything out or had those stronger feelings about like the flashbacks and shit yeah like 
Durf's face like looked like his blood splatter, but it's mm. supposed to be paint. But uh, maybe it's because, um, like, because he was a psychologist and he was already examining like the killer's mind and all that kind yeah. of shit. Like maybe he just was more attuned to like he was pick more it. susceptible. Like to he it. could read what the impulses were more. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I also like I wondered too like. Like, before you really know what's going on, because, I mean, here it becomes obvious, like, you see the killer guy come for Durf's arm. Like, I kept wondering if, like, Durf would be, like, possessed by the killer, or if it'd be, like, a weird thing where the three of them would then all become serial killers. Mm. But it's like, yeah, it really is just as simple as the guy, they took his head off, put it on, a, I guess, a dead body or somebody's body, and now he's back uh, collecting his parts back to rebuild his body. And pretty much, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, it doesn't go super in-depth to, like, why the doctor did it. I think the doctor was just dueling shit just to see if it was, like, medically possible. Yeah. Just try to patent some new surgery. Probably make a bunch of money or some shit. Mm. Yeah. And, and like, I know, like, it's, like, all getting weird and, like, the cop is, like, questioning, like, what's going on with Jeff Fahey and shit. Like, oh, you, you were the one who discovered this murder and all this shit. But I, I liked it, too, that, like, the cop, like, didn't know what was going on, but he was willing to trust him enough to, like, at least, like, try and help him out. And not, you know, most movies, they always waste time with that shit where they just, the hero gets blamed for being the criminal and all that shit. Or they're just, you're crazy. That's not really happening. Yeah, that's, that's not, not really happening. The worst is, like, Stephen King's The Mist, when, like, the monsters are starting to attack the supermarket, and the guy's trying to oh. tell him, like, what he saw happen. And they're like, no, no. And then, like, they just immediately get attacked by monsters. Mm. Yeah, so, like, the killer throws Durf out the window, and, like, he grabs himself and hanging, and, like, literally, he just, like, yanks his fucking arm uh, off. And then Durf falls down to his death. Geez, Old Chucky falls to his death. Oof. Pretty gnarly stunt, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. And he, he lands on top of the cop car. Oh, oh my God. So nasty. It's obviously a dummy, but it's, like, pretty gnarly still to see. I can't believe they stay so long on some of these shots. I know. Like, when he went out the window, like, it was obviously not. He was, stunned like, the stunt guy. Yeah. They stayed I, on the shot for so long. People were just, like, or movies, I should say, were just used to doing it that way. They were, like, as long as it mostly looks like him. I like that shot of Fahey there with his collar up and his crazy hair and eyes. I know. He's getting all crazed. Yeah. This and this is where we see the doctor's been, like, she's watching what's going on, so now we know she's in all this shit. She sees all the weird crap happening. Yeah. You can never trust those medical professionals. <laughs> oh, no. At this part, I couldn't believe it happened. Like, it was a pretty, uh, interesting... Like, I saw his arm hanging out, and yeah. it was, like, weirdly, like, obvious that it was hanging out like that. But then when, like, they showed... I thought it was gonna be more of, like, the guy was just gonna come and grab him out of the car, but then yeah. it fucking went the direction it did. I was like, holy crap, like, what the hell? This is a long-ass car car part. Yeah, he's leaning his, he went to chase, his hand out the, <laughs> the window because he's holding a cigarette. They're in a cop car. Oh, my God. And the killer guy just comes up and puts a pair of handcuffs, basically oh. handcuffs them to himself. And then they start driving away. And, like, I guess he thought he was just going to, like, yank Fahey's arm off the way he did Durf's. Like, yeah. use the car to do it. So you have these two cars linked together. And, obviously, the, the cop's driving, but he has to 
you know, stay next to the other car. And, like, they're mm-hmm. jumping the cars and shit. Like, this really would tear your arm off for real. <laughs> like, or at least fucking uh, cut your hand off, probably, with the, the handcuffs. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then, like, they're going the wrong way. It's, like, kind of like the car chase into live and die. Like, they're going the wrong way in traffic. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I'm sure there's, like, safety oh and, you know, movie magic and whatnot. But, like, this, all this shit was really gnarly. I mean, obviously, somebody was filming this stunt. It's a pretty crazy car chase scene. It's not even a chase, though. It's, like, a, yeah. just a fucking stunt car scene. Well, it's, like, and also, too, like, how you see, like, like the the guy's got, like, the, uh, I mean, cars, I don't think, really have this anymore. But, like, that back dash part. Like, the back seat, you see, like, the body parts are back to the arm, the legs and shit. He's got them on the dash. <laughs> and then, like, Fahey's, like, kind of oh try- climb across. He's hanging in between the cars. Like, it's really good. It's a really effective scene. Yeah, the... Charlie didn't realize that uh, this cop was a champion race car driver. Yeah. <laughs> Zake Smoke was a race car driver. He drove so damn fast. <laughs> Never took the checker flag. Never came last. Yeah. But yeah, then they're going to go to one of those oh. one of those bridges that splits in the middle. So somebody's arm would have got ripped off there. Fahey takes the cop's gun and shoots the uh, the chains of the handcuffs. But yeah, that was a gnarly ass scene. It was really good. That was a good shot. I mean, they yeah. were driving like crazy, and he still managed to cut it. Yeah, it was good too because like the whole crazy scene didn't go all shaky cam like shitty movies now. You can actually tell what's going on the whole time. Yeah, that time. was a pretty cool scene, actually. Yeah. Like, it was even more... Like, the first time I watched it, I was just like, what's happening? It's so crazy. <laughs> but seeing it for the second time, like, yeah. He just left the cop. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that where he just, like, took the car and took off. That a... shot of him with the arm there is so funny. Yeah, I know. Whoa. Yeah, the killer... Doing, like, dude? Like, this like this sequence is, like, really... Where he we... says, oh, Charlie? <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, this is where we start seeing the killer for the first time, and, like, he's, like, this guy, he's got this big neck brace on, because he, you know, his head was transplanted onto this oh body, God. and, like, he crashes his oh car, God. catches on fire, and he's got to, like, grab his body parts, two legs and an arm, and grab him. I think out. this part is where it starts getting real, like... Over the top. horror like, Yeah. The visual of that, of him carrying his fucking legs, like, that's so gross. Oh! I know, he gets knocked down with an explosion. Like, it's just... Because, like, you can see all the, like, three paws coming out of it and everything. Yeah. It's, like, so, like, morbid. I think it. I think it's interesting, too, like, the directorial approach to, like... This is a pretty subdued movie up to, to this point, and now to, like, just go full, like, over-the-top, like, crazy horror with it. Mm-hmm. Makes the movie memorable and unique. Well, and then this moment with the whole... Yeah, the doctor. Dr. Frankenstein with her monster... Yeah. Moment. It's always that that scene in like horror movies and shit where people think like what they created is so spectacular or beautiful Amazing, or whatever, but it's yeah. just really some fucking just gross and nasty shit. <laughs> look at the foot, it looks so real. It, yeah, actually does. It doesn't look like a rubber foot, it looks like real skin. Yeah, and like the chopped leg, like it's so gross. Ugh. Yeah, we don't we don't get. I can't it. believe how long they stayed on that. I know. I think they're just trying to like. You're supposed to be focused on the emotion of the doctor. I thought this was sad too, and like more good storytelling though. But 
where uh, Faye, he's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to survive this shit. So he's been filling out this diary, trying to, you know, his plan is to leave it to his wife so she understands, like, what's going on. He's not just going crazy. He's not just trying to become evil. But, like, yeah, he mails he mails the diary to her. And, you know, he writes the final entry. You know, this might be the last time you hear from me and all this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh... But that was the first time we really got to see the killer. Like, what was your impression of the killer, Charlie? I mean, he's obviously he's like a reanimated. He's not a zombie, but you know, there's, I don't know how you describe it. His head is like on another body. And <laughs> he's like he's Frankenstein, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're all kind of a little bit Frankenstein, like Fahey with his fucked up arm. But he's like really like a super Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, like like, I think they could have gone like a little cooler, like more than just the neck brace i think they could have put like more scars and like weird shit or made him look more dead kind of thing yeah he kind of is just like a regular guy like if they were just done more makeup to make him more dead looking it would have been cooler but like overall like when you realize it looked like it was actually a head that was chopped off a body yeah yeah (laughs) and not just like a guy but um i get i gotta say just like when the because it's really not like I mean, other than you see his head cut off, and, I mean, you, you don't think anybody could ever survive having their head cut off. But, like, the point in the movie where the movie actually tells you, like, no, this is, like, really what happened. Like, this fucker's head was taken off and put on another body, and now he's running around. Like, it's just, like, a crazy, like, you know, because they don't hint around to it. They don't show it to you early. Like, when the movie lets you know, you know, when there's only, like, 15, 20 minutes left, it's like a crazy jump to take. I mean, it, it kind of is cool into itself. Um, but at the same time, like, I appreciate they did it that way. But then, like, you kind of wish you had more moments with the killer to, like, I don't know, to give him more personality. Oh, my God. So, yeah, here's, here's where, like, the poster comes oh, from. Yeah, his his original torso, his oh. legs, and his arm. So gross. And obviously, he's got his head on the other body, and then Faye, he's got his other arm, oh the right arm, God. I think it is. But, yeah. Uh, it's funny, the doctor's like, oh, we're ready to take that arm back now. Like He's like, nope. Yeah, Faye's <laughs> really good. He's, like, all fucked up. Looks like he hasn't slept. Yeah. Mm. And Faye, he's got the cop's gun, and he's basically come here to end this shit. And, like, yeah, she kind of exposes, like, yeah. Faye's Faye, like, yeah, great idea, saving a killer's head so he could just be, come back as oh a killer. Oh, my God, they keep showing it. <laughs> it's so nasty looking. Yeah, she's giving the evil doctor spiel, of like, oh, this is just such a big break, this is science. I'm just saying, you know, basically, like, once you can transplant somebody's head with, like, their whole personality intact and shit, it's, like, going to lead to all these places and shit. I like how Fahey, like, as crazy as Fahey is at this point, he's being pushed to the bringing point. Like, he's, like, the only one, like, who's sane in this room. Yeah, he's just ready to waste her, but then Charlie comes up, mm. knocks him out with a shotgun. It's so funny how much he says fuck you to her. I know. <laughs> he says it like three or four times. Yeah. It would have been awesome Uh-oh. just to see him shoot her in the face Here like that, though. Comes. But what's kind of cool is, like, they're, 
they're knocking Fahey out with gas now and getting ready to cut his arm off and he wakes up and what's kind of cool is like their fuck up is is like he's able to get free because he has that super strong arm to bust through the restraints and shit <laughs> it is awesome when he just cold cocks her <laughs> oh god yeah and the Charlie guy comes in mm. oh, oh he t- totally headshotted the uh, uh, oh, assistant man. surgeon almost got him right there yeah and I thought this is part of gnarly too where like he's almost like reversing the shotgun oh. to blow Fahey away but Faye, he rips off the neck thing. You see the scars uh, and shit of where they transplanted the head. Ooh. Yeah. And like Faye, he again uses his superpower arm to snap Charlie's neck. Mm-hmm. I thought this oh. was a weird detail too. How the shotgun got caught on Faye's sweater. I know. It, it just looked like a real thing. It didn't look like they planned it. It just looked like a real thing to happen. Uh, yeah. And I love this end part where like the... They they look kind of look like they're floating in water. But they're, they're actually not floating in water. It's just... Hanging from wires, the body parts. I like when Faye takes a shotgun and blasts the the body parts uh, apart while the Charlie guy's laying there watching so them. Gross. Like, basically dying. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird, because, like, it's not like the, like, it's pretty short, actually. It's not like the most longest, giant, most epic, whatever ending. But there's, like, just something about it, because you've watched Fahey go through so much shit throughout the entire movie. Like, you don't want to see him go through more. A lot happens. Yeah. But it's, like, it's kind of cool. It's like, it's just therapeutic to see him, like, triumph and uh, to see the fucking, basically, the weird-ass experiment that, you know, go through. Crazy. So and basically, he thinks, yeah, uh, he thinks everything is okay now. Yeah, it seems like everything's okay. He's he's calling the cop to tell him to come down there to see everything, but then like obviously, like with every uh, horror movie, there's some shit that's left. Hmm. Yeah, Charlie picks up he the handgun. Yeah. Oh damn! Oh yeah, and he accidentally shoots the doctor. Charlie does, and Faye. Oh yeah, it's like kind of an awkward shot, but it's awesome. Like Faye gets the shotgun and basically headshots him, but like you see like the dummy body like slide across the floor. It's really kind of cool, brutal shot. Damn, he blew up his head. He did. That's it. All the bad people are dead. Now we get the uh, the good. uh, Ending of uh, Fahey writing his book of he's basically writing a memoir now mm-hmm. of what happened to him like the whole crazy shit and like because it's it goes back to the thing you know does evil live in the flesh I think that was like one of the taglines on the uh, front cover of the movie too mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a picturesque happy ending movie it almost feels like a reshoot how they always reshoot some happy ending for every movie mm-hmm. but it's 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 good it's just him and his wife in the park I think the kids are playing in the background. It's interesting that now that the guy died, he says he not, he hasn't experienced any of those other side effects anymore. Yeah, it's like with the guy's spirit going away, like yeah. like basically almost like his arm was haunted, kind of yeah. by by the you know Charlie who was the previous owner of it. Yeah, as long as he was alive, it was gonna be evil. Yeah, it was going to do all that evil shit on its own. Yeah, like choke his wife and shit. Oh, it's like an article for a journal. Yeah. Fakey hit some uh, mugre blow into his hair there. <laughs> Looked like some pollen or dander or some shit. But yeah, I don't know. 
I think it's really good, and probably some uh, some listeners probably remember this when they're like I did from their younger days when it came out and shit. So, yeah, like because it's been so long since I've seen it, like I just knew the basic premise and remembered a few scenes from it. But uh, it was way better than I remembered. It was, I mean, obviously this is the first time you saw it when we watched it. Like, what did you think? Dang, I thought it was a still shot. No, yeah, you can see everybody in the park playing and shit. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too because like him and his wife are like sitting against that tree. They're like almost deadly still. still. Yeah, but like you can see like the park behind them. Like all the kids are playing frisbee and shit. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? I liked it. Like I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting concept, and I like. I like that it didn't really feel like a Frankenstein rip until, like, that one scene. Yeah. But it, like, earned it. Like, it was, like, by the time it got to that scene, it was, like, oh, it shit, built up that's to it. classic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, like, appreciated it when that moment came where she was standing there watching him, like, looking at him with the fucking legs and shit, all scary looking and morbid. Like, yeah. it, like, earned that moment. Yeah, and seeing all the body parts in the case at the end, too. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yep. like, I don't know. Like, I, I really still wouldn't say that this is a horror movie. Like, yeah. It just, I guess to me, the like, like, not calling it a horror movie, to yeah. me, gives it more, like, creepiness yeah. of saying that it's just, like, a really fucked up, like... <laughs> normal movie you know like it's like damn that shit happened oh my god like <laughs> i mean i think it really yeah i mean like eric red like he wrote the hitcher and like i mean he followed this up i'm pretty sure blanking on the name of it i got the blu-ray of it but he did a werewolf movie after this i think he's done a werewolf book too i mean the guy's pretty rooted in horror so i'm sure in his mind it was horror yeah probably it just just really all his all his stuff is like really heavy on character, I would say. It's kind of it kind of reminds me more of just like like a Twilight Zone movie or something. Yeah. Just like where like weird shit happens, you know, like Yeah. Not really like a horror movie. Yeah. I guess sci-fi. Yeah. It really is kind of sci-fi cuz it's medical stuff. Yeah. So. And I think too, like I don't think you really get this nowadays now cuz now there's no medical breakthroughs left to happen, basically. <laughs> but I really do remember, like, when I was a kid, late 80s, early 90s, we were always, like, being told, or we were always on this impression that just the next big, like, technology breakthrough was about to happen, or medical breakthrough was about to happen. Like, it always seemed like some shit was, like, about to change. I remember back then they're always saying like oh we're just a few years away from the cure for cancer and all that yeah. kind of shit like which obviously never happened supposedly but, yeah i don't know <laughs> it's hard to say like they probably have the cure for cancer on elysium if you go up there you could probably get it i don't know like i somewhere along my education that i had in college speaking of which that's why i like this movie because i have a background in psychology but yeah um that's why it kind of drew me in because yeah like because i totally forgot what he did when i saw that i was like oh maybe you'll actually like this and i'll just be like bored by it because he was like the beginning scene he's like in the prison with the guy and all that yeah and that's what i was saying to the guy that he was talking to like 
I felt bad for him because he was like, are you going to fix me? Like, are you going to stop, like, be able to rewire me? And it was just, like, so sad because he didn't want to be like that. You yeah. Know? But, um... Dang, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, you're just talking about, like, the psychology background. Oh, part like, just stuff. to get into it along the, my education somewhere. Like, I just kind of started hearing all the stuff of, like, we actually... Like, the cures to stuff actually yeah. exist. It's just not made public because then it would affect the bottom line of, like, all the pharmaceutical companies and all that. So, like, yeah. ever since I heard that, I was like, damn, that makes a lot of sense. It <laughs> like, does, yeah. Like, like, for AIDS, you know, like, all those people have to be on medications their whole life. Like, yeah. You know what? What would what would those pharmaceutical companies do if people if were allowed to stop taking that medication? Yeah, sell you a monthly. Yeah, thing. I think that's so. Or chemo, same thing. I know there's a lot of different like because I for for full disclosure, I watch a lot of YouTube during the day during my work day. <laughs> it's basically I just watch YouTube, yeah. and you see a lot of like weird ads on YouTube that you don't see anywhere else. And I swear to God, I swear. Like eighty percent of the ads on YouTube are for um, HIV shit, mm-hmm. and I don't. And I'm on TV too. Oh well, yeah, you see it on TV a lot. And like, I don't really get. Like, I know some of them prevent you from catching HIV, but other ones are like, if you already have HIV, and yeah. then like it treats your symptoms. But like now, there's like ones like it used to be like, oh, this pill, this pill, take this pill every day, take mm-hmm. this pill, and like now I see these HIV ones that are like. They show the people like about to have sex, and it's like you don't have time for a daily HIV pill, so mm. switch to this shot for a monthly oh. shot. And I'm like, yeah. I remember when a- when HIV and AIDS, well, obviously AIDS comes from HIV, but like I remember when that shit was killing millions of people. Yeah. And like, how soon did you have this shot mm. that could stop somebody? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just it's it's mind boggling. That's why I'm just like. I bet you we could totally be rid of a lot of the stuff we have. Yeah. It's just not allowed because somebody would lose money for it. But going back to what I was saying, when when I was a kid, you would hear in the media, and it was probably just, a lot of it was probably just kind of like, grab this headline to get people to to listen or read or whatever. But like, they would always pretend like these big cures or these big breakthroughs were just about to happen and they never did. Mm. But I'm like, but the thing is, is like every year there's more, there's like more, and as the decades roll on, there's more and more billions spent into research every year. And you're telling me all that billions of dollars of research into all this shit leads to nothing, like yeah. nothing at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Yeah. And all this money they always ask for and all that. It's always about yeah. money. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's always, I mean, just like all those yeah. HIV commercials, it's yeah. like, obviously... You know, obviously people are still contracting HIV or there's at least a threat that they could contract HIV. So it's like you kind of you kind of have like uh, what do you call it? Like you, you cover both bases. You sell pills yeah. to the people who don't have it yet. Yeah. And then you sell pills to the people who do have it already. So yeah. it's like it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Off of our soapbox. <laughs> yeah. It's just more and more like thoughts coming to, you know, yeah. the, based on what we were talking about, based on the movie. But yeah, yeah like, uh, I highly recommend this movie. Um, 
you just it just helps if you go in knowing it's like basically a character piece but i think that's the strength of it honestly mm-hmm. i think it's a really good perform i mean good performances by everybody to be real honest with you but like especially jeff yeah. fahey yeah like if you like twilight zone or outer limits or i guess probably even like creep show or you know anything those kinds of shows like that i think you'll like this yeah tales from the crypt yeah yeah for sure so i mean that's it and uh just want to take this opportunity to, of course, wish you guys a happy Halloween. Ooh, Halloween! Um, I hope you guys put your jack-o'-lanterns out. You better put it out or Sam's going to come and stab you with his lollipop. Yeah, or trick-or-treat will come. Put some uh, razor blades in your Snickers bar. Yeah. We, we unfortunately, <laughs> don't live in a place where we get any trick. I mean, it won't matter this year because we'll be gone. But, like, other years, we just sat. We we always bought the bags of candies and they fucking sat there and sat there. <laughs> we not still one have trick. bags of candy from, not even, I don't even think last year, from the year before. No? I don't know. This shit's so old. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went but, crazy buying stuff. But it makes me happy to hear, like, to talk to people in other parts of the country. Like, oh, no, it's still big here. We still get kids. Yeah. and like, Well, supposedly, according to the locals that we've heard, there are some neighborhoods that get a lot of uh, trick-or-treaters. Yeah. Just for some reason, ours doesn't. Ours never did, yeah. Even when we lived in that last subdivision, like, there were very few kids. It, it was Which weird. because weird it's a bunch of houses in a row. Like, maybe it, just nobody answers the door. Just everybody house. old lives over there. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> too, like, I remember the first year we lived over there, like, some kids did come. Like, not a whole lot. Yeah. But, but it was, like, every year, like, it got less. It got, yeah. like, half. Then the like, pandemic just killed everything. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think. Because <laughs> I think we moved into that that house... We moved in right before Halloween, because I remember the first Halloween we were there. Mm. It was, like, right when we first moved in. So, yeah, so it was, like, uh, we had four years, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. No, we had five Halloweens there mm. before the pandemic hit. And I do remember one got rained out, like, one Halloween rained really bad. Mm. But, like, yeah, like, I, it felt like the first year we got, like, maybe 20 kids. I was like, oh, we mm. get, because we got a few over at the apartments, but not many. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we get trick-or-treaters here. <laughs> and then it was, like, the next year we got, like, we it felt like it went from, like, about 20 to, like, 12. And then it started becoming more... Like older kids who weren't even wearing costumes. They yeah, were just it got around real lame. Yeah, cases and they weren't even dressed. Yeah, yeah, it got real lame. Oh, and then man. eventually, like I don't even think I, the last year or so we were there, like I don't think really anybody came. Like maybe yeah. one group of kids. I remember there was one year that like, we bought three or four bags of candy. And, like one group of kids came. There's a lot of uh, I remember like parents with little tiny baby kids <laughs> like dressed up in a costume. Shit. Because uh, there's got to be some good neighborhoods in L.A. to trick-or-treat. We should just buy a mask and go trick-or-treating on Halloween. <laughs> you got to go to all the rich areas. That was always what the what it, what it, we like knew. Like, if you go up to Bel Air. Is that true? And, like, Beverly Hills. Everybody was like, yo, you get full-size candy bars over there. <laughs> <laughs> the full-size candy bars. That was bar. always the story that yeah. us in the lower parts of uh, L.A. Yeah. Would, that, that was the fairy tale you guys wanted yeah. to believe. It's probably not no, even true. I mean, that's what was would go around. A legend, yeah. I guess you can say. That people used to say that, like, yeah, when you go up to the hills over there, you get full-size candy bars. It'd be awesome if, like, you went to, like, the super rich part and, like, they're just, like, handing out iPhones and shit. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I've been to a lot of those places though, because like they have all the gates and shit. They probably just are yeah. all gated up. You probably can't even go up to the house. Yeah. But we shall see. <laughs> we we'll will buy some masks and we'll go see. I'll take my Snow White dress. Yeah. Go walk around. We can at least go to the Michael Myers house. Go over to Pasadena, see Michael Myers' house, Freddy's house. Is that where it is? Yeah. Is it the same house? Yeah. Oh. It it got moved, and it's like a fucking chiropractic office now, but you can oh tell it's God. still the same house, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's it. So we want to wish you guys a happy Halloween. Happy uh, Halloween. Yeah. We was going to avoid... Horror movies for October, just because whatever, just you to were? be different. Yeah, because it doesn't really matter. I didn't know like that. usually when we do them, like for for October, the the numbers go down. But I don't know. We have weird spiking oh, you up mean and down. The, sh- the show, the yeah, podcast, the podcast. Yeah, I think people just get tired of the shit at some point. <laughs> and a lot of times, I would I would upload a episode on Halloween, like the way shit would burn out, and like you know. Whatever, but I mean, either way, who cares? It's another one in the vault. It just ended up just the movies we were watching just ended up to be, you know, because <laughs> of the time of year. Yeah. It bled over to the podcasting, uh, <laughs> you know, decisions. But I uh, hope you guys do have a good Halloween and we'll see you again. Catch you right back here in the movie graveyard. Halloween! Bonfires burning bright. Pumpkin faces in the night. I remember Halloween this day. Anything goes. Little dead or out of doors. I remember Halloween. 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 Oh my god. <laughs>